Blog Talk Radio. Get organized. I am your host, Janet M. Taylor, and I want to say hello if you're a regular listener, and welcome if you're listening for the very first time. And hello to all of you who will be listening via iTunes and Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Park Coalition Radio, as well as my Blog Talk Radio community, and those who will be joining me in the chat room. I hope you are having a great start to your week. And Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has over 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. Well, tonight we have guest Robert Bentz. He's a certified disaster planner, and he's going to be discussing how we need to think ahead and plan for disaster not only in our business, but also in our home. We get water main breaks, we have hurricanes. So I want him to come on and share some insight and some strategies so we can be prepared in advance. And, of course, in the next half hour, I will be sharing some tips in my Taylor's Tip Time. And, of course, I will also be providing you with my product suggestion, app suggestion, and repurposed suggestion of the week. But before I bring Robert on, I went and looked on time.com and I was um, just amazed at last year, just about every month, we had some type of disaster. Usually you hear about it and then you kind of forget about it, but it um, really just was, um, I was amazed at how often we do have to deal with the disasters. For example, number I have the top ten. The first one was the polar vortex, which was in January 2014, and that was the frigid air. A lot of us probably forgot about that, but that happened, and it affected 240 million people. Then California had a drought in January. China had smog. Washington had mudslides in March. China had an earthquake, Arkansas had tornadoes, Afghanistan had mudslides, Southern California had wildfires, ooh, can't spot today. Um, And then the lightning hit the One World Trade Center in May, which is why I wanted to bring Robert on to discuss how we need to prepare ourselves because it's going to happen. Whether we want to believe it or not, it will happen, so... Um, Robert Bentz, he's a certified disaster planner. He's retired in 2001 to his second home in Hilton Heads Island, South Carolina. And after two months, he was bored and still waking up at 5 a.m. and nothing to do. 
So he began developing low-cost disaster emergency planning products based on his more than 25 years' experience. TheEmergencyPlan.com is a disaster emergency planning company specializing in delivering economical products that put organizations and family in total control while preparing them for any level of disaster or emergency. So, good evening, Robert. Hello, Janet. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. And the first question I wanted to ask you is, can you really explain disaster planning and really its importance for our business as well as our personal life? Because people, we, we feel we got all the types of insurance, homeowners, renters insurance, but really talk about the disaster planning and its importance. Well, um, from my perspective, because I've been doing this so long, uh, I've seen the transition of a lot of different names for disaster planning. There's business contingency planning, disaster emergency planning. There's just name after name after name. And I think uh, from my perspective is they've sort of sliced and diced this whole area or industry into segments, and often it ties right into uh, companies that use that as a way to make money. Uh, disaster planning is really, from a simplistic viewpoint, thinking through the actions you would take when an event occurs. And this could include uh, the specific actions, such as do you leave, uh, how do you prepare, contact information, and some other things that we'll talk about later. But it's really a simple thing. It's not a complex thing that we often are led to believe. It's it, the kind of thing that anybody can do. It's not something that you need a, uh, a, a very expensive uh, consulting company to do for you, even if you're a small or medium-sized business. Um, you know, I, I often say... Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I oh, no, I was listening to what you're saying, and, and I agree because... Hello, Robert? Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, yes. We're getting a little void here. Okay. All right. You know, I, I often uh, uh, comment that if uh, or when uh, you are impacted by a disaster, the question is, whose fault is it? Um are you a victim of circumstances because something happened, or are you really a victim of self-denial because you didn't prepare for it? So there's different ways to look at that, but the purpose of disaster planning is preparing ahead of time on the actions you will take in order to deal with situations. And later on, we're going to talk about uh, a very easy way to manage that rather than making it a complex task. Okay. And I'm having trouble receiving you your Can you hear me now, Robert? I can, yeah. Okay, as I was sharing what with you earlier that a friend of mine recently had a baby and she had a flood in her basement. So in addition to being a new mom, she had to deal with that and I thought it would be a great idea just, 
you know, for you to come in and just kind of share your insight with all of your years' experience. So as you were saying, what are some of the things that we really should be thinking about when we decide, okay, I need some disaster planning um, preventive measures? Well, I guess, first of all, we have to realize that there's man-made and natural disasters. So they're happening all the time, and uh, we need to prepare ourselves, our families, our businesses uh, for all these different types of events. For example, uh, in the business world, only uh, uh, about... 40% 40% of the businesses, uh, small and medium businesses, are prepared for a disaster or emergency. And if something occurs, percent of them uh, go out of business based on statistics. And when you look at families, uh, 70% of the families do not have a disaster plan. And 50% of them don't have a family budget. So consequently, what happens when a disaster or an emergency occurs Many of these organizations, businesses, small and medium, or families, uh, do not successfully deal with the situation. So some of the things uh, that we need to do is we need to focus on uh, avoiding the events, and that is preparing so that uh, we can uh, mitigate or eliminate a disaster or emergency from ever happening. Uh, We can also... uh, uh, prepare for how we're going to survive through the event and then how we're going to recover from the event. Did I answer your question? Janet? Yes, yes, I'm here, Robert. Continue. Oh, okay. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can prepare. Uh, I, I have seen over the years very complex disaster emergency plans and uh, when I owned the disaster planning company up in Pennsylvania, we worked for large companies, and we had comprehensive plans. Uh, but when I retired, my focus changed, and that was there was always a need for small and medium-sized businesses and families to have a disaster emergency plan, but they were either too expensive or, or too complex. So my focus was to develop solutions that everybody could use and were economical. So that's what I focused on. And uh, we put in place some concepts that make it easy to use. We don't have, uh, or I I don't necessarily believe you need a a solution on the cloud. Um, I think a document in Word or a PDF format would certainly work for anybody. It doesn't have to be very sophisticated. I'm not a big advocate of someone spending a monthly fee or uh, to have their disaster plan somewhere. I I like the idea of having it in a format that you can have it um, available to take with you or look at on your computer. One of the misconceptions is uh, put everything on the cloud or the Internet And, of course, like when 9-11 happened, because of the uh, amount of traffic, uh, you you didn't have access to your plan. So I'm a firm believer in um, doing the planning, putting it on your computer, and then having it on a CD or something or even a printout, depending on the size of it. 
Okay. And I I think that's a great and I think that's a great idea because uh, where I live, a lot of activity sometimes takes place, and when that happens, you cannot get any type of coverage. Cell phone towers are down. So I like your idea of having it in a Word document, printing it out so you can have access to it. Because like you said, if things are down, you can't get access to the cloud, and you really need a good printout of that. So I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Janet, one of the biggest uh, challenges that I've seen over the years is um, the uh, – uh, I have I call it the it can't happen to me mentality, and that is mm-hmm. uh, people uh, believe that someone will be there to help them, and that it's so unlikely that they don't need to prepare. The uh, the fact of the matter there is when you do prepare for a disaster or emergency, at a minimum you should be preparing for 72 hours that you could go without support services. Um, and depending on where you live, I happen to live on an island, and we prepare for two weeks here because there's only one way on and off the island. But you never know. I mean, one of the big, uh, this might be out of line, but one of the big concerns uh, that I have is the electric power grid failure. And, by the way, if you go on to my website, there's some newsletters out of there, and one of them is focused on the electric power grid. And uh, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people now that are are stressing the, the idea that sooner or later we will have some kind of a natural or man-made challenge to our electric power grid. And if we can only imagine how it would be like in Philadelphia or any other uh, metropolitan area where we didn't have power for like a week or two, uh, it would cause havoc. So... Um, I think it's important that we consider things like that, that we have to be prepared on our own to get by, and that means the storage of some water and some food supplies, et cetera. And and, and that's a great idea, Robert. So so do you think it's it's ever too late or, or is it ever too early to start or just starting is the key? Well, you know, one of, one of my... Um, analogies to disaster planning is insurance. It's it's really the same thing if we think about it. You know, we have insurance for our automobiles, for fire, uh, for health problems, etc. And we pay money and the reason we pay money for our insurance is uh, they promise to help us through an emergency event such as a fire or an automobile accident, etc. And disaster planning is the same thing really if you think about it. We're spending time and money, time uh, in that we would uh, spend our resources, which are worth some some money, uh, and our time and in order to prepare a plan, which are actions on what we would do and contact information for an event. And, and the idea there is, if you think about it, uh, disaster planning with those concepts is the same thing as insurance. So when we do disaster planning, it's just another level of insurance. Uh, one thing I I have yet to understand is everyone understands and takes for granted the fact that we need insurance. We need car insurance. We need homeowner's insurance. 
and, and, and those kind of things. But so many people have yet to understand there's a real need for disaster emergency planning. So, you know, I mean, many companies um, are very focused on planning for their company, but they don't think about their employees. And another fact is uh, a company um, could have all their facilities up and running after a disaster emergency event, and if the employees were not prepared for a disaster or an emergency, uh, it's highly likely they will not return. Um, so I think it's important that companies as well as individual families prepare for disaster emergencies as well. And, and you know, and that, that is true because I remember one year we had a snowstorm here and it wiped out the power. Granted, the office was able to open, but a lot of the employees, like you said, they didn't have any uh, power, no water, things like that. So they were unable to um, get to work. Um, and uh, some of the, the trains that they would travel into the city weren't available, so you're right. Some of the companies are prepared, but then when you factor in employees, are they really prepared? Um, well, you, Robert, I just you wanted know, you to talk a little bit. Oh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to add one thing there. You know, one of the the uh, areas of disaster emergency planning that has become really important uh, is workplace violence. The the level of incidents or events has gone from like number nine to number two. And often when you have workplace violence, this is the same as what you were saying, is the facilities are intact. It's just that after the event occurs, everything is taped off and you can't get into the facility. So, you know, you have to think about these kind of things um, uh, before an event occurs. And, you know, a little slogan that I often use is if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. So, um, uh-huh. really, that's what this is all about. Well, Robert, I have a question, um, and it was something that you had um, um, shared with me, that there are three levels of events, which I didn't realize it. So could you kind of briefly talk about, like, there's level one, level two, and then there's level three? Sure. Um, Over the years, we've come to learn that uh, it's impossible to plan for every event, type of event and situation. So we've learned that... If you can prepare for three levels of an event, you can make it through any type situation. And so we continually support the idea of these three levels. The first level is a localized event, and this could be something of low impact. Uh, It it could be something real simple like a uh, sprinkler going off, false alarm. It could be in your home. It could be... uh, your burglar alarm or something going off, something simple like that. And you would deal with that locally. You wouldn't you wouldn't take any specific precautions. Um, the the second level would be a moderate event. And this is an event that could occur um, that uh, it it may be something that could transcend into a more more uh, a larger or more uh, disastrous type event. But the uh, the event can most likely be handled by yourself or your company locally. And the last level is a catastrophic event. And the catastrophic event is something like a hurricane, 
or uh, a major uh, flood or a terrorist event, things like that. And often when these events occur, uh, you have to evacuate and, and take some real uh, aggressive actions in order to protect your family and your business, et cetera. So, so that, that's really how we suggest people deal uh, with any size uh, disaster or emergency. Because if you can deal with those three levels, um, you can make it through and recover from any type of an event. And that's really what this is about. Uh, it's not about how thick the binder is with notes in it. Uh, it's about two things, and that is having your action plans that you would put in place, level one, two, or three. Um, and then also uh, for some of the more basic action plans like a fire or, or uh, uh, basic emergency, you would actually practice them. So you know where the exits are. You know where the meeting places are. For example, uh, one of the, that's one of the critical areas that even if you're a family or a business, that you'll have designated meeting places so that if you have to leave the facility, be it a building or your home, you'll know where to go and everyone can meet and uh, we can account for all the individuals. Mm. And and that's good because one of the um, contracts I worked on was a government contract, and we would have fire drills regularly, and that was one of the things where we all had to have a we had a specific place where we had to meet so everybody could be accounted for, um, just in case somebody might have been left in the building, et cetera. So that's a good idea for people to have individually as well. That's that's a very critical thing. Um, and when you get into the families, there's a lot of pieces to that because it's highly likely that everybody will be somewhere other than at home. Uh, you know, the, the one spouse might be working, the other one might be uh, on a job somewhere else, the ch children might be in school or daycare, and um, when the event occurs, you have to know how you're going to communicate with each other. I experienced that uh, when... Not, when uh, uh, Three Mile Island up in Pennsylvania uh, was a problem. I worked in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we lived in York. So uh, my wife and I had plans on where we would go and how we would hook up or connect and communicate with each other if something would happen. So that's a very important thing for families in particular. Well, Robert, you've given us a lot of wonderful tips and a lot of wonderful information on, on just importance and why everyone should have it for their personal life as well as their business. Do you have any final tips, suggestions for people listening out here? I mean, because I'm sure, as you said with statistics, most of us don't have it for people who really, they need to just kind of get it. Well, I think one um one thing that people often overlook is when something occurs, a disaster, emergency event, how long uh, how long will it be before I can go back home or go back to work, et cetera? And, and that really depends on two things, uh, external events, which is out of your control. So, for example, uh, if it's a tornado, a flood, or a chemical event, um, you have no control over that. 
The other thing is internal preparation, and that is knowing what to do, you know, how to do it, uh, where to get resources like people, services, your contact information, um, and then training before an event so that uh, you know uh, that it's almost second nature that um, if you have a fire, here's what you do. If it's a flood, this is the actions you take, and here's where you'll go and meet up with the other members. Um, that's that's pretty much, I guess, my final note. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, um, how can listeners, if they're interested in disaster planning, how can they get in touch with you, get more information from you? Well, actually, there's there's two ways. My email is r-b-e-n-z-z at emergencyplan.com and the other way is to go on to our website which is www.emergencyplan.com there's a lot of resources on there there's a free newsletter Uh, you can reference our prior newsletters and things like that Uh, there's one out there on workplace violence a document Uh, we're going to be adding a uh, checklist in the next couple days so if you want to see if you're prepared for disasters or emergency, you can go out and get this free checklist. Oh, that's great. I think I'll have to go out there and get that checklist for myself. Okay. Cool. And I'll definitely and I'll definitely share it with um all of those uh, my listeners as well as um those who follow me on social media as well because okay. I think that's something we all need because it's we're getting into hurricane season and then According to, I guess, the the Farmer's Almanac, those of us on the West East Coast are going to get a a, a, a rough winter. So, yeah, I'm, I miss the snow. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't, Robert, <laughs> but okay. I know we have to deal with it. We do. I thank you so much for your time this evening. Okay, thank you for everybody. Thank you. Have a great evening. Thank you. Hello, this is Motivated Michelle Farmer of Mary Kay Cosmetics, and you are listening to Got Clutter? Get Organized with Janet Taylor. That was a great interview with Robert Bentz, a certified disaster planner. And I think if you weren't taking notes, you need to just listen to this segment over and over again because I think that he provided us with some real insight as to prepare for things. And that's why I wanted to bring him on. Yes, you probably are thinking, Janet, what does that have to do with organizing? Well, it's all about life strategies. It's about being prepared for what may happen. And, of course, um, that gives me my segue into this week's audio book, because as you know, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash get organized and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Download a title and you can start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Get organized and get your free trial and free ebook today. And my ebook selection for this week is Survival Preparedness A Beginner's Guide to Survival Prepping by Kenneth Blackburn and Kenneth Byrne. Bird, excuse me. 
excuse me, what would happen to you and your family if one day you woke up and realized there was no electricity or inform or information grid and there was no situation in sight? Would you be able to survive? And if you have the concerns as to how you and your family would be able to survive in situations such as natural disasters, terrorist attacks, or even economic collapse, then wait no longer. So get the book, Survival Preparedness, A Beginner's Guide to Survival Prepping by Kenneth Blackburn and Kenneth Bird, and also go to um, Robert Bent's website and get the checklist because I'm going to get the checklist. Even as an apartment dweller in, in, in a city dwelling, I am going to get the checklist to make sure I am prepared. Well, to piggyback off of Robert's interview, I wanted to share with you in my Taylor Tip Time some tips from my August 2014 blog, Organized for the Unexpected. And these are just a few things to um, get your paperwork in order, just in case it's not organized. Um, The first thing is you want to develop a list of important documents you need to keep. Your insurance policies, anything from your financial institutions, copies of your passport driver's license, passwords for voicemail, email, your living will, and your final request should be all together. Again, insurance policies, financial institution documentation, copies of passport, driver's license, and that's good just in case it gets damaged, it gets lost, whatever. Passwords for voicemail and email. Your living will and your final request. The next thing is keep files in a file folder, file storage box, fireproof, waterproof system, whatever works for you and your family. Discuss the list with your family members or your designated power of attorney to make sure that you have everything you need and also everybody knows what is going on. And once a year, make sure all the documents are up to date because a lot of times we change passwords, we may close accounts, open accounts, increase policies, change companies, but make sure all of that is up to date. Now, in any event, you have to basically organize someone else. and It could be a parent. It could be another older adult in the family. You want to make sure you have know all of their doctors. You want to make sure you know all of their medications, whatever type of treatment they're getting, where they're getting the treatment from, their insurance coverage, what it covers, any financial obligations that they have, bills they pay and also any other financial obligations. And for them, you want to designate a place to store the files in a drawer, a file storage box, or, you know, just for easy transport if they're not living with you, so that whenever you go visit them, all the information is nicely organized. And you want to use a notebook, notebook, your smartphone, a tablet, to keep track of appointments, questions for the doctor, etc., and this is just for those of you who may be taking care of a guardian, et cetera, for a loved one. Because um, you know, most of you who have listened to this podcast know that I did it for my mother, and it was really helpful to have all of this because I was in the know. 
So I wasn't constantly running around trying to figure out what was going on. I knew her doctors. I knew the medication she was taking. I knew what her insurance coverage was and what it covered, what it didn't cover. I knew what all of her financial obligations were, which actually were none. But also, she did have household bills. So that was something I did. And everything, of course, was designated in a file box because, as you know, and then I also had a notebook. I used to always take a notebook with me when I went to the doctor just to make sure that they said anything I needed to research or if I had questions, I would write it down. So I want next we're going to Janet's mailbag. Chris, I want to thank you for your tweets, your emails, your posts on Facebook. Thank you for all of you who are following me via social media, especially Instagram. I thank all of you following me via Instagram. And I thank all of you who are just downloading this podcast because you are going to allow me to reach my goal, and I'm so excited. I am so excited. Well, tomorrow is Tuesday, which means it's Toss It Tuesday. So I want all of you out there to go out there, and you want you to go in your kitchens, your medicine cabinets. I want you to get and empty the boxes and broken. I want you to go to your kitchen, your medicine cabinet, and I want you to get rid of everything that's expired. Let's start making room so we can get ourselves prepared for the winter weather, etc. The snow, the hurricanes. So get rid of all the expired stuff. So that's what I want you to do. So just go in your kitchen and your medicine cabinets and get rid of and start restocking now. So make room for all of that stuff. So that is my Toss It Tuesday tip. So my app suggestion for this week is ICE, ICE Paramedics. It's called ICE. Paramedics and hospital personnel who often look at patients' phones for an ICE, which in case of emergency number, to know when to call for you. So it's a good idea to have an app already identified as ICE. And you can store insurance information, doctor's names, numbers, medications, allergies, medical conditions, and special instructions in case you're incapacitated. Because you never know. You may just pass out. You may faint, et cetera. And they need to contact somebody. So having that ICE app in case of emergency app with all of your information will be very helpful to them. My next suggestion is survival kit. They have tons of them online. I actually found one on Amazon. It's a four-person perfect survival kit, deluxe for earthquake, evacuation, emergency disaster preparedness, and it's for 72 hours, which is what Robert said, 72 hours for home, work, or auto. And this is for four persons. Um, basically, of course, if you go to my Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn page, you will get to see what it looks like. And you can either order it or you can do your research and maybe find one just a little bit different to meet your needs. And it's a survival kit online. And I found this one at Amazon, but I'm sure if you go to a sporting goods store, um, you will be able to find one. And my repurpose suggestion this week, I was thinking I was, and I was going through my Pinterest page and I saw something. 
And it made me think of when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Someone took a tree stump and made a gorgeous table. And I thought about that, and that made me think about how when we have disasters and trees are are knocked down and um, there's tree stumps just littering our neighborhoods and our highways and our roads, but somebody created a beautiful table out of a tree stump. So this week, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade, and when it seems like things, a disaster surrounding you, you make a you make a table out of a tree stump. You make a table out of I am so sorry about that. I got a cough, and it just came on me. So I apologize if you heard that in volume. I hope this show has come out a little clearer. As again, we are continuing work through the technology. Um, I was informed by one of the wonderful listeners last week that it kept coming out, broken out. So my team and I have been working on this, so hopefully this week it's better. Um, Next week is Labor Day. It's so hard to believe that summer has passed us by. And I will be doing an abbreviated version of the show, but I'm just going to come to you, share what's coming up in the fall in regards to some of our exciting guests, some things I will be doing and offering, as well as giving you some tips to fall into organization. So I am looking forward to that as well. And, of course, after that, we've got some makeup organizing. We've got some feng shui, your office, and we've got a couple of authors coming on and organizing your small space. So I will be giving you more details next week. And the wonderful quote for this week is, when you come to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Really, when you come to the end of the rope, Tie a knot and hang on. And that's what I encourage all of you out there, whether you are organizing a space, whether you are organizing your time, whether you are trying to organize your life, when you feel like you're coming to the end of the rope, just hold on. Um, I know a lot of you maybe in January decided, I'm going to get organized. Well, we're getting into the ninth month of the year. And you're still looking at your space, you're still looking at your time, you're still looking at your life and thinking nothing has changed, but you know, you can start over again. Um, September is the month of my birthday, and for me, it's like a new year. So you can make it your new year too. Things happen, life, kids, job, medical stuff, financial stuff, so many things come can happen that just can get you off track. But know that you can begin again. There's always, there's an ending and there's always a beginning. So, yes, maybe in January you said you were going to organize that closet. Well, you know what? You can start today, tomorrow. Maybe you said you want to have a better account of your time. You can start tomorrow. 
maybe uh, there were things in your finances or in your life that you just needed to change and let go of and change your mindset. Well, there is always tomorrow. So I don't want you to feel that just because it's the ninth month, it's over. No, it's a new beginning. It is a new beginning. So even if you just take the clothes that you have not worn all year, all spring and summer out, and donate them, that's a start. If you just begin to say no to obligations and yes to more family time or more time for yourself to maybe exercise and maybe reconnect with family and friends, then that's a start. Or maybe um, it's just saying, I am no, I'm going to begin to evaluate every single bill that comes in this house and see how I can save some money so I can begin to save more money, put it away for my retirement, for my vacation, for my college fund, whatever it is. So just know there's a new month. This is the end of August, the end of summer for those of us um, here in the United States, and we're going to be getting into the fall. Again, when you come to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. And hang on. Well, again, next week I will be hosting the show and I'm just going to be sharing with you what's coming up, but I'm going to also be providing you with a few tips to fall into organization and hopefully motivate you to end the year strong. I will also be sharing with you some of the shows that will be coming up from September until probably topics until the end of the year. But those of you who know me know that I can just really, um, that's how I work and that's how I organize things. I thank you so much for tuning in. I thank you again so much for just allowing me to do what I love to do, which is talk about topic of organizing and um, for those of you who may not know and I may not have shared over the next few weeks, if you don't already know, the Pope Francis will be coming to the United States. And Pope Francis actually will be a few feet from where I um, currently live. So that will be exciting. So I haven't decided yet how I'm going to tie all that in the organizing. And I may not even tie it into organizing. I may just kind of show some interesting Photos. I may not be as close, um, but I definitely will get a sense of what's going on around me, and I may even show you just some of what's going on around me for those of you who are not able to travel here or for those of you who um, decide that you just want to stay in the comforts of your home, just give you some kind of behind the scenes as much as I can of what's going on here. But I thank you so much for listening. I want you all to know and be encouraged. It's a new month tomorrow. It's a new season. And it can be a new day for you. So I thank you for listening. And please be sure to share these podcasts with your family, friends, and on your social media network. And please visit my website at JanetMTaylor.com. And until next time, I want you to have a clutter-free day, but most of all, an organized week. Organization is a quintessential element to a clutter-free life. 
Join me as we take this journey together. Along the way, we will find the necessary answers to solve your organizing dilemma. My name is Janet M. Taylor, and you are tuned in to Got Clutter? Get Organized.